affects people, um, people we dislike or we consider our enemies, people we have uh, who have hurt or harmed us in any way. Songs to get there, eventually, we cultivate it, we strengthen it, moment by moment, step by step. And reflecting on what to say today, a couple of songs popped up in my mind. And the first one that came to my mind, actually already a few days ago, um, was the song, All you need is love. Da, 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 da. <laughs> you know, we know this song from the Beatles from the 60s. 67, I looked it up. I was still a little girl at that time. But of course, because this song was played over and over and over again, I'm very, very familiar with it. And from the reaction I see, many of you too. Yes, all we need is love. We need love. Everybody needs love. And I would add, love based on wisdom. You know, these two great wings of the Buddha's teaching, the wisdom part, understanding, insight, which must be balanced by metta love, compassion. Only then a bird can fly when it has these two wings. So, and then um, today, this morning, I came across another song, which I also know very well from my teenage years. It's an Italian song. Ti amo, da da da, ti amo. And so on. <laughs> Umberto Tozzi, big hit in 1976. At that time, I was so much into, you know, the top tens and listening to it every uh, week on the radio. Yeah. I love you. Ti amo means I love you. And, you know, we should, be, we should reflect this important quality. Actually, how often do we express it to others? And, you know, it doesn't need to be the romantic love just for one person to tell her or him, I love you. But we can tell it to other people too. And, you know, ich hab dich gern, ich liebe dich, je t'aime, I love you, ti amo. Beautiful words. You know, especially when they really come uh, from deep within the heart. And 
a reflection I read this morning on Valentine's Day um, from an Italian uh, person uh, suggested, you know, these words, ti amo, why not in the morning when you get up, going to the bathroom and look into the mirror, look at this person in the mirror and tell her or him, ti amo, I love you. And, you know, this person in the mirror might not look the best, <laughs> you know, after getting up and not yet washed their face and hair still. But that can be really a good exercise. I love you just the way you are. Not yet woken up, small eyes, grumpy face, but ich habe dich gern. Je t'aime. Maybe it's a bit strange in the beginning to tell this person in the mirror to love her, to love him. But try it out. And you know, sometimes it can be funny. Maybe you have to laugh <laughs> um, by doing so. Um, but see how that you know, might change over the days or over weeks over months to do. And the another good exercise is like in the morning when you wake up, that one of the first thoughts would be, may I be well and happy or I love you. You know, start the day with a moment of metta of kindness to yourself, you know, lying there in bed, having awoken just a few moments of metta to yourself and or, you know, including other persons, other beings or all beings. May I be happy and well and likewise, may all beings be happy and well. And only after that, get up, get out of bed. And likewise, in the evening, it's very good, very beneficial to have a few moments of metta before you fall asleep. You know, you've gone to bed, you've turned off the light, you're lying there. This could be the moment to cultivate loving kindness in whatever way you wish to do for yourself, for your family, for your friends, for all living beings. And it is said that especially in the evening by cultivating metta before going to sleep, this helps you to have a good night's sleep because, you know, turning the mind to the cultivation of metta and then being filled with friendly, loving, kind thoughts that really calms down the mind and um, can help you to have a good sleep, a peaceful sleep. And this leads me to 
the benefits that can be that can be derived from the practice of metta meditation. In one of his discourses, the Buddha mentioned eleven benefits that can be derived from the practice of metta meditation. And of course, you know, the benefits are not limited to these eleven benefits, as we have already seen and as you have already experienced there are many more benefits that can be experienced gained from this practice but just to let you know and especially those of the second retreat I will go briefly through these 11 benefits those of the first retreat you have already heard them and if I were a Burmese Sayadaw, now I would go. So, you know, last time I talked about the 11 benefits of Metta. What is the first one? And then ask uh, the people. But I will spare you this. <laughs> so, it's interesting, you know, that the first three benefits that the Buddha mentioned also have to do with the sleep. So the first benefit he mentioned is that one that one will fall asleep happily. The second benefit is that one will wake up happily and refreshed. And the third benefit is that one will have no bad dreams, no nightmares. So this is, you know, meaning a person who often cultivates metta can experience these benefits. And so already these first three benefits, you know, dealing with uh, the sleep, they are not to underestimate because we all know very well how important it is to sleep well at night not to have nightmares, so that sleep is a restful, peaceful time where the, when the body and mind can rest, regenerate, and, you know, be ready then to start into the new day. One time, Sayado Uindaka, our teacher in Burma, he has said by mentioning these benefits, you know, the practice of metta meditation, and you know, if you do it in the evening before going to sleep, it's like taking a sleeping pill. But, you know, it has no bad side effects. It has only good beneficial effects. And it's much cheaper, easier to take. Then benefit number four and five that the Buddha mentioned is meta person is loved by humans and a meta person is loved by non-human beings. You know, we know it for ourselves. It's much nicer to be in the presence of a person who is kind, 
friendly, loving, benevolent towards us. And so, you know, we respect a person, such a person, we love um, and respect this person. And so, likewise, other people, other living beings, love and respect us, or love and respect a meta person. In respect to non-human beings, uh, the Buddha especially talked of devas, celestial beings. But you know, we can also observe it with animals, or cats, or I don't know, maybe parrots and tortoises. They also uh, prefer to stay kind and friendly people. They shun uh, angry, upset, cruel and violent people. The next benefit, number six, is that a meta person will be protected by devas. Devas, these celestial beings, and this is actually not unique to the Buddha's teaching. Similar beings we find in other religions too. Like in Christianity, we could speak of guardian angels, you know, angels that protect you, that considered guardian angels. The next benefit, number seven, is that the person is protected by dangers caused from weapons, uh, fire, and poison. So again, another kind of protection. Then the next benefit, number eight, is for a meta person, it is easily, it is easy to concentrate their mind. So if one often cultivates metta, if the mind is in this friendly, benevolent uh, state, then it's much easier to develop concentration, to focus one's mind because the mind is not disturbed by, by worries, by grief, by other obstacles. So a meta-filled mind um, is easy to concentrate, to focus. The next benefit the Buddha mentioned is that the face of a meta-person has a clear facial expression. And it's only kind of natural when the heart, the mind is filled with metta, this also manifests, you know, on our face, in our body. An angry face, uh, Somebody who is full of sorrow or worry, you know, has a different facial expression. We can see that. We notice that. 
then benefit number 10 is the mind of a meta person is not confused the time of death. And this is also quite, um, it's an important benefit that we can derive from the meta practice because it is said that it's much more beneficial to die with a clear mind, with a mind that is not confused, with a mind that is not that is not overcome with anger or hatred or great attachment and clinging. So a peaceful death facilitates uh, a good rebirth. And I cannot speak from my personal experience because I have not died in this life and I can't remember my deaths from previous lives, if this is so. But I can imagine when it's my time of dying, it's much nicer when the mind is calm and peaceful and loving and open. So I hope, you know, that my mind is not going to be overcome with worries and sorrow or anger or great attachment. And then lastly, the 11th benefit that the Buddha mentioned is that a metta person who has developed strong metta in their life and dies while engaged in the cultivation of metta or even uh, being absorbed in a metta jhana, then is reborn in the Brahma realm. Brahmas are also heavenly beings and a rebirth in the Brahma realm, yes, has often to do with uh, having attained, attaining deep states of concentration. You know, it can be deep states of concentration based on any uh, other practice, whether it be Anapanasati or the recollection of the Buddha's attributes or compassion, whatever. So these are the 11 benefits that can be gained from the cultivation of metta mentioned by the Buddha in one of one of his discourses. But if I, as I have said, and as you have already experienced, these are not the only benefits. The list is endlessly much longer, which is so beautiful to know. So with this, I want to close this reflection and lead over into our silent Metta meditation. Today we're going to stay with the category of the neutral person. You can choose a second neutral person. And as Ayaviranyani has pointed out yesterday, it's officially called a person we neither love nor hate. 
So we don't have strong feelings in regard to this person, you know, no strong feelings of love, affection, attachment, no strong feelings of aversion, repulsion, or hate. You know, there might be a slight liking, there might be a slight disliking. That's okay. You know, it's very difficult to have a perfectly neutral person. You know, that's not meant by this, but it's an easy expression, an easy word, neutral person. And, you know, so far all the persons we have chosen as the object for our meta meditation have been persons we really know. You know, we have met them or we are living together with them. We work together with them and so on. And so for this category of the neutral person, it's also good that you choose a person you have actually met or heard their voice on the telephone, but that you have some sense of this person, you know, a visual um, impression of this person, maybe having exchanged a few words with that person, or you had a conversation on the telephone with this person, person in this way also getting some a sense of who this person is. So now, in a comfortable posture. Take a few moments to settle into your body. Just notice what sensations are there. Relax the body. Also take notice of the state of mind. What's the climate right now in the heart, in the mind? And then start cultivating metta towards a person for whom it's very easy to cultivate the metta. 
So do not go yet to the second neutral person. Let's start with somebody for whom you easily cultivate loving kindness. This can be yourself or a benefactor or a dear person or the first neutral person. Pick your meta phrase and then silently and gently start repeating the meta phrase in this way, cultivating this friendly, benevolent, loving attitude in your heart and mind. And now, take a few moments to choose the second neutral person. A person you also may call a familiar stranger. Having briefly seen or met 
or hurt this person, but having not, a, not knowing this person very well, not knowing about their life circumstances, not knowing whether they are married or not, or if they are healthy or sick. So pick such a familiar stranger, a neutral person, and then make it a picture from, let's say, the benefactor in the same way as I wish my benefactor to be free from harm, may so-and-so also be free from harm. And then continue to cultivate metta for the second neutral person. May the postman be free from danger and harm. Or may my neighbor down the street live at ease and in peace. Repeating these metta wishes and trying to make sure that each word, each repetition is a heartfelt intention, that it is a heartfelt wish, that you really wish this other person to be healthy, to be free from danger or to live at ease and in peace.
coming out of our silent metta meditation. <clears throat> so for the practice of the next 24 hours in the formal walking and sitting meditation, cultivate metta for the second neutral person. And by now you know that you may start the formal sit or walk with cultivating metta for an easy person to establish the metta. And then after a few minutes or 10 minutes, switch to the second neutral person. And stay with this person as good as you can. In case if you try and try all different approaches to really uh, set up the matting and set up the feeling of meta and make it stronger, but somehow it just doesn't work. You may always go back to a person for whom it's easy to cultivate metta. And in the day-to-day activities, again, as best as you can, occupy your mind with the cultivation of kindness, of just being in a state of friendliness, openness, benevolence, with a loving, open heart, cultivating towards specific persons, neutral person or any person you encounter, you meet or you remember or for all living beings. And maybe remember to begin the day when you wake up with a few moments of metta and in the evening before going to bed, uh, cultivating metta. Or this little exercise, whenever you go into your bathroom or when you look into a mirror, tell the person there, I love you. Or, Ti voglio bene. Ich hatte gern. So before I give over to Ayaviranyani, I just want to finish with four words. I love you all. Thank you.